hints in between. Welcome one and welcome all to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza, episode 103, baby. And we are coming to you off the back of a sensational win against some tiny little team that has a chicken as their logo uh, down the street from the best team in the world. Um, and yeah, I, honestly, I don't really care to waste any of our time um, with this with a silly intro. I just want to get into it. And I just want to talk shit about Tottenham because that's probably honestly. I think I like talking shit about Tottenham more than I like talking well about Arsenal because I just absolutely love to see. I love to see Tottenham fans, even that are like children, cry. I love it. it I just oh, inject it. <laughs> so let's just let's 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 skip the pleasantries and get right into it. Joining me today on the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza, episode 103. First and foremost, the wood chipper outside. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, of course, as soon as I introduced him, he's, he got a little shy and hasn't been uh, talking too much. But if you hear a wood chipper in the background, I'm sorry. Oh, there he is. You guys hear him? Can't say I can, actually. Hopefully it's Good. not picking up. Oh, Rob's deaf. I can definitely hear him. Okay. Good. Oh, can you? <laughs> what's a what's a good name for him? Wood chipper. Uh, just Woody. Woody. Oh, I like that. Okay. Well, anyway, Woody. You, Woody Allen, maybe. I don't Woody know. Allen. Something, Woody something Allen. original. Shout out Midnight in Paris. Let's. Uh, True. Let's uh, let's get let's get into it. You already heard both their voices. So, um, first and foremost, the man with the versatile name Rob Bob Ber- Bertha, the man. That I so like to call. Actually, Ooh. hold on. I said I was going to do this. I should have had this ready, but I'm, I'm getting it ready now that we're <laughs> I'm a fast typer. Random name generator is coming up, so I cannot be accused of being racist or anything like it. Um, <laughs> which gender either? You know how we roll here in the Arsenal Cannon podcast. Yeah, I agree. Generate, generate a name. The man that I so like to call. Sawil Victor. Sawil Victor. How did you come up with that? That's that amazing. Is, that is spelled. That's courtesy of behind the name, name generator, random name generator. Not me. I don't have that good of a brain. That's spelled S A W. Ironically, something you can also use to 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 rip apart wood. Shout out Woody, the wood chipper. Very true. S-A-W-Y-L, and then Victor. So the man that I so like to call, Sawil Victor. Sawil, how are you today? <laughs> uh, th- thank you for, for going by my uh, preferred name of Sawil rather than Sawil Victor, you know. Don't, don't like it when people use my full name. <laughs> uh, but it, let's get serious. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, I must apologize um, because I've caused a bit of chaos within the... Uh, smaller we love you productions group not the full writing team uh because i've my uh my misread of my timetable meant that alfie colshaw couldn't be with us we initially uh planned to record a little earlier uh so apologies for that um we're planning to have good old alf on the uh on the uh, extra cannon podcast later this week uh so if you really miss him I, i don't really know why you would to be honest but if you do check that out later this week um and yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Chaotic day, as I said. Had a few lectures. Um, but yeah, all good. How's it hanging, Danny? Oh, a little different. I like that. How's it hanging? <laughs> it's uh, 
It's wow. I don't know a smart ass reply to give back to you. Um, it's, that's going uh, good, man. Daniel, Thanks for Daniel, asking. Daniel, um, in hindsight, try yeah. low into the left. What? Gets him every time. No, right on. Proper dad joke. Proper dad joke from the cel- from the cel- from the celebrity. The celebrity. Oh, it Mac is the celebrity. Johnson. For those that don't know, Mac went Mac actually went viral. Um <laughs> shout it out, but I mean I, we all know he's a PR plan, so you know, get it, we'll get on with it. But anyway, um Mac. Uh let me just I guess bring you the same question that Rob sprung on to me. How is it hanging, brother? <laughs> God, um, I'm doing all right, you know, having a good time. Uh, it's, you know, always mm-hmm. great to be on the show. And shout out, by the way, to a little something you put in the chat. Um, your, your wonderful intro, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and the pimps in between. Um, the ladies, of course, make up 6% of our viewer base. The gentlemen make up, <laughs> I believe, a whopping 92%. But... The other 2% of our viewer base are non-binary or unspecified. Uh, so shout out to everybody listening to this pod because, you know, whoever you are and however you identify, we love you and we're glad you're a part of our audience. And on that wholesome note, let's get into something entirely less wholesome. Um, I'm not going to start it off, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I had a, I had a great weekend for a number of reasons, but uh, Sunday was was the icing on the cake. Oh, just stunning. Truly, truly. Um, yeah, fuck it. Let's get into it, man. I mean, Rob, I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you. I know plenty about you. <laughs> uh, I, and I'm sure every other Arsenal fan coming into this one, every season, by the way, this is the exact same. So flipping nervous. So yeah. flipping nervous, you know? <laughs> Um, but if there's anything, anything that will make you a little less nervous, it's bagging an early goal, which we did. Mm. Um, it wasn't just the goal, though, coming early. It was also just the performance uh, performance in general. But before we get into any of that, I do want to just run the um, the starting starting 11 by you. I, I saw that you said on Twitter, this is probably our best starting 11 on paper. Um and I, I think some people are probably a little bit frustrated to see Xhaka come back into the mm-hmm. to the to the fold, which I fully understand. By the way, um, I would maybe have liked to see Lukanga in there, but I think you know, fair enough. Still on paper, I think Xhaka's probably deserves to be in there. Um, but yeah, just just walk me through the starting eleven, and do you think that that was sort of instrumental in us um, getting this emphatic victory? Absolutely. Um, Alfie and I, you know, we recorded that YouTube video when we talked about, you know, the system that Arteta was going to use to turn things around or to potentially turn things around. And, you know, he's pretty much hit that that blueprint that we set out to a T, you know, at the end of the day, it's all thanks to Alfie and I that Arsenal's uh, fortunes have have, have turned around. Very true. Uh, um, But yeah, it's been really good. Uh, I think our... Just in the video that we made, we put Lukonga in instead of Shaka just because, you know, the, the sentiment towards Shaka wasn't too great at the time of recording, but, um, and still isn't, you know, he's still a very divisive figure, but it's a shame that he sound, that it sounds as if he'll be out for a little while because we just saw how 
well well structured that team was and manufactured you know everyone was so well suited to the roles in which they were playing from Ramsdale and goal to uh, and to the the three up front of Smith Rowe Aubameyang and Saka you know everyone just looked on the same same wavelength and it was it was so brilliant to watch and you know I think the best thing about it and this I'll link back to a tweet I made about uh Tommy Asu last week um, you know, no single player in that starting eleven felt like a liability, and you mm. you don't you don't really get that feeling as an Arsenal fan very often. Um, everyone looked looked up to the task, and kudos to Edu. To be fair, he said, "Judge us when we have our full team available, and when Mikel can select his best eleven. And at the weekend, we saw his best eleven. And wow, they they've bloody well delivered. It was some of the best football. I, I I you know sorry to reference another tweet of mine, but um, I said it's the best attacking display that we've seen since the Wenger days, and I'll stand by mm. that. That 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 first half was absolutely fucking exhilarating. Of you know, incomparable to any Arsenal performance we've seen in in recent times, probably since the last North London derby against not the last one, uh, the one in Emery's first season. Um, you know, that was an exhilarating day. And uh, it's great that we sort of replicated that, but even more ruthlessly at the weekend. Yeah, and Mac, this this front four, I mean, I think there's a reason this attack is so exciting. You're looking at three extremely young, dynamic, also athletic players in Saka, oh, yeah. Odegaard, and Smith-Rowe. So that, I mean, it just, just the fact that I'm able to say that, Mac, I mean, Saka, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe, um, young, uh, a, a dynamic and athletic, the whole package, basically, the dream Arsenal players, you know. Um, and then right in front of them, they've got a super experienced goal scorer in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I mean, is this is this the attack going into the rest of the season? I mean, I think it's weird to say this, that we might actually have the luxury to rotate. Um, but we've seen a lot of fans on Twitter and just generally throughout the fan base, making the comment of, hey, we should put three ball progressors behind Aubameyang and see how it works, see how it runs. And, mm. you know, Pepe, for all of his talent, is not a ball progressor. He's a ball receiver. He is very good at getting the ball and making something happen in kind of that final third bo- you know, box area, 18 yards. But... Mm. He's not amazing at physically getting the ball from point A to point B. Um, And just, I think, the raw, genuine raw creativity, because none of them are perfectly polished players. Odegaard is certainly more, I'd argue, silky than the other two. But, you know, all three of them, I think their play style really complements each other. And they are 20, 21, and 22. So... Is it the starting 11 for every game moving forwards? No. I think Pepe deserves a chance. I think I'd like to see more of Martinelli, even if we can get in Katia some time or, mm. or Balogun. That'll be great. And, you know, we can't forget Lacazette as well. But is this our best front three mm-hmm. behind any of our strikers? We, there's no doubt in my mind. It was, um, it was a barnstorming performance, to use one of my favorite journalistic words. Uh, yeah, and I just... it. It was lovely to really see all of my favorite pieces, frankly, of the squad actually click together. 
because there's almost this fear sometimes that when all of the players you support are stuck into the same lineup, it's like, okay, well, what if they mess it up? You know, what if it's a bad game? Is my is my favoritism of certain players vindicated? And in this case, absolutely, like no doubt in my mind, it was, mm. uh, it was wonderful. Really, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't have the words mm. because yeah. I'm still not say like emotional about it, but it's just. It was really, um, you know, take it back to Wenger days, sure. But even under Wenger, it was still the system that was able to create as much as it was the individuals. This is the first time since that we've seen a collective Mm -hmm. of individuals that tend to play as individuals really working in harmony. I mean, we talk about team structure, and this is the last point I'll make before I hand it back to you, Danny. But in terms of the way we set up, it kind of alternated between a you know, the four two three one and the four and a four four two when Odegaard was pressing high. Um, which by the way, he did for ninety minutes exquisitely. Mm. I did not know he had that energy in him. I knew he was energetic, but not by that much. His it's his just, athleticism it's, it's fantastic. is incredible. But, truly. You know, that yeah. I think it was exactly, twenty two presses that a squad he did. high. Uh, I have no question. It's averaged nuts. fifteen last season. Um yeah. But again, the numbers on that are staggering. But at the same time, every time we lost the ball, we dropped back into shape. We clogged up the center of the park. We did what we are so awful at playing against, which is a team that can res- can recover its shape and stop quick counters. Um, it's the first time I've seen that discipline from the squad, and it was really lovely. Um, it really kind of made, I think it was one of a mm. few key differences because you know, Tottenham's biggest issue is getting the ball from Hoiberg at kind of the base up to their creators who tend to drift rather high. And there's clearly Arteta saw that before any of us did because his tactical setup worked perfectly to stop it. I'm, I'm impressed. I can't lie. Yeah. Well, and the, the, the commentators here in the States were just absolutely laying into to Tottenham's tactics because of the man we were just talking about Odegaard, the amount of space that he had in that match was kind of hilarious to be honest, it's oh, like dude, dreadful. Failed. Dreadful. Jeez, just got, dreadful. We've got a we've got a top a top class midfielder in Mark Odegaard, and this dude is having the freedom of the middle of the park. But hey, man, I am not complaining. I mean, but guys, I'm just looking at this team, and I I, I think it's a hundred percent the most balanced side I've seen. At Arsenal in a while because you've got you know you've got your Tamiyasu, Ben White, and Gabriel. Those are the three pretty much out and out defensive players. You know, and then obviously Ramsdale between the six, and then you've got you've got seven players, seven in Tierney, Partey, Jaka, Saka, Jaka, Saka, um, Odegaard, Smith Rowe, the and and Aubameyang. Well, Aubameyang's kind of the guy who finishes the job. So I guess let me let me rephrase that. You've got six players in there. Who can create chances? You know, I mean, yeah. that is that that's pretty fucking awesome. I think we haven't seen that for a while. And then, you know, like I was uh, like I was saying too, though, with this this cr- I love this three, this three right here. You know, Mac, I'm a big fan of defense. You know, Rob, I'm a big fan of defense. And I don't think we can go any further. I think the fact that we've got. 15 minutes into this podcast without mentioning God himself is an absolute sin. Um, Tamiyasu, Rob. Uh, I, I fucking, I love this guy. 
I absolutely adore his old-fashioned approach to defending. And he does stuff. There were there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh yeah, this is this one's gonna get past him. He's got no chance. But then it seems like his leg grows like an extra foot long and he just taps it away. Just like, oh my God, you know, like this yeah. is like this is the first time in a while that, you know, I'm seeing he just, oh my God, it just gives me the Monreal Sanya vibes. I know we've said it before, but we'll say it again. I remember you know? when he almost went to Spurs, oh. yeah. And we almost got Emerson. I mean, thank yeah. fuck it went the other way. <laughs> I mean, isn't it, isn't it nice just to have a good right back? <laughs> like... uh, I mean, I just, and my favorite thing about him is that it's, it's, and maybe this is down to Arteta, not necessarily Tamiyasu, but it's just like, he has a job and it's to be in kind of that inverted sort of position, you know, and it's like defense first and he mm. just does it exquisitely. I think he has the perfect body for it. He's got the perfect, you know, brain. There were so many instances where a ball would just ping at him and we've had so many defenders in the past that would arrogantly try to kind of take it in and still play it out from the back. There were just moments Tamiyasu's like, I'm not fucking doing that, you know, and he just yeah. shoes it out of play. He's like, no. And no just, nonsense. I love it. He, Rob, he got man of the match. Um, mm. Walk me through your thoughts on, on this new apparent gem that we've, yeah, that I, we've signed. Tell me, I just can't believe this guy's 22 years old because he, he plays like someone who, you know, he, he's obviously come from Italy. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if say he was 27 and he'd had, a good few seasons over there in the Serie A. I wouldn't have been surprised if he settled in so seamlessly. But the fact that he's only really had a couple of seasons starting for um, Genoa, um, it's it's absolutely unbelievable how he's just come in and just taken taken to the Premier League like a duck in water. It is, mm. It's outstanding. Um, and yeah, as you say... His no-nonsense approach is absolutely fantastic. Uh, despite his, you know, quite clunky build, he's got a good turn of pace to him. You're not scared that he's going to be exposed in that regard like you are when, when Callum Chambers plays at right back. Um, and he can contribute in the offensive phase as well when needed. You know, primarily, as you say, his job is to um, sort of invert and uh, sort of help in the progression and then be there when when the opponent counterattacks but wow when he's um when he's asked to defend that that boy can defend you know he'll put his head on anything um he's yet to be dribbled past in the premier league uh and i think you know spurs obviously their goal came from when they got in behind on that right hand side but i think it came from a pretty unfortunate uh deflection or the ball just broke very kindly for spurs and then he also had a slip when Kane got in behind. But, you know, otherwise, wow. I, I think I personally put Smith Rowe as my man of the match. I just thought he mm. was on an, on another level. But, um, yeah, it's hard to look past Tommy Asu, who's just connected with the fans so instantly. And as you wrote in your uh, most recent Finton's Frolic, um, you know, I don't think anyone dislikes this guy. It, it would be impossible to. Yeah, 100%. Um Another guy that's impossible to dislike, unless you're a Tottenham fan, Mac, is Emil Smith-Rowe, the guy who opened the scoring. That that goal was hilarious. That defending <laughs> from Spurs 
if I dare I say, Arsenal-esque. <laughs> you know, I mean the, the You're not wrong, Danny. The, just, the amount not as bad of, as the third goal. I can't wait to stick my teeth into that. It, oh yeah, okay, don't worry. <laughs> um, the just the amount of space that Emil Smith Rowe had in that opportunity. I, I just was like, when I saw Saka in the position, you know, uh, putting it in with his with the right foot. Gotta love that that uh, that two footedness that Saka's got. But it just mm. looks so speculative, you know. And then Smith Rowe just like, no, it's not. It's actually a world class pass. Bang, easy. And it just was so. <laughs> It was so uh, melodramatic, you know, it just, I, I don't know how to even describe it, but I, maybe, maybe you could do so better, Mac. What were your thoughts on the goal? Um, first goal, especially, I think, I mean, I was screaming my head off. I lost my voice after that goal and proceeded to lose it worse and worse. I'm still a little bit croaky. Um, but the two things I was impressed by that really made that goal um, were the movement, off the ball movement of Odegaard and of Aubameyang. Now, I'll get to Smith-Rowe in a sec, but when that ball goes into the box, Aubameyang, classic, drifts towards mm. the back post, that left post that he loves all the time. Um, and Davinson Sanchez, who had a terrible day, shocker, he never plays well against us, but who got run rings around by 32-year-old Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who is quick but is not physical, and he was out-muscled as well, um, tracks that run. But Odegaard, after playing the pass uh, out to Saka, basically steps in, waits for a sec, and then starts like, you know, clamoring for the ball and steps into that little half space right on the right side. And it drags uh, Hoiberg, their one defensive midfielder, out of position. Now, you may recall that the last player in that equation is Emil Smith-Rowe being marked by Jaffet Tanganga. But as Alba moves towards the back post, that space in the middle frees up. Smith Road just kind of almost like trots inside, like it was very casual. He just kind of kept floating and kept floating mm. and saw an opening, took two steps and had a tap in. Um, and Hugo Lloris with the no dive just made it look so much better. But it is, yeah. you know, <laughs> his ability to not to say sneak because he's not a very sneaky player, but like just the instinct to drift into that position. Um, I remember when Pepe went on his kind of goal-scoring charge at the end of the last season, and he kept picking up just these brilliant positions in the box where he was able to drift into pockets of space, having isolated his defender and, you know, almost moving off of a pick or a distraction that someone else had set. Um, that kind of ruthlessness is something that we've seen from Smith-Rowe more and more and more as he's grown into the game. Um and it was it was so much fun to watch. It was a you know perfect finish, very clean, smooth. He didn't need to do anything fancy. Didn't need to blast at top corner or pick out anything. I remember I think in the last North London derby before this one, he had that thunderbolt that hit the crossbar that everyone wished had gone in. But mm. I mean, what a way to redeem yourself! I think his Instagram captions literally said "best day of my life." And Emil, yeah, oh, I love Emil. That. I fucking I feel fucking you, dude. Like that. that was it was. Um, simply lovely, I think is the best way to put it. Just calm, composed, lovely. Yeah. And, and he, I think he and Saka, obviously, whose goal we'll get into here in a bit. Um, they really just are, are, they show how much more likable yeah. this team oh is. Oh my God. Yes. I feel like it was just a, a, 
just a few months ago where I was saying, I hate every player on this team, you know, but like now, <laughs> it's, and now I love every player on this team, you know, and yeah, and that's just football, isn't it? At the end of the day. It truly. Yeah. And, and Emil Smith Rowe saying things, he said that in his post-match interview too. He's like, it's the best day of my life. It's just as an Arsenal fan, that is exactly what you want to hear because in the modern game, there's these, you know, buffoons walking around getting paid, you know, millions of dollars that just don't really give a flying shit about the team that they're playing for. And you just don't get that impression from the likes of Smith Rowe or Saka at all, you know? And and then yeah. you've got, to, to double down on that, you've got Tamiyasu, who we were just talking about, saying that, yeah, when Arsenal came in for me, I didn't even have to talk to the manager. I just wanted to go. That is exactly what we want to hear, you know? So it's just, I don't know. I know it's just one win. I'm not going to get too carried away. It's obviously huge, though, so we're going to celebrate. I don't give a crap. But... It's just, oh man, it just feels so good. It just feels so good. Let's hope Brighton don't don't bring us back down to reality next week, but or this <laughs> this week. Um, Rob, I loved the Aubameyang goal, and mm. I, my favorite part of it was the. I think Andrew described it uh, with this word was the sumptuous pass from the goal scorer to uh, Smith wow, Rowe. Yeah. You know, the uh, the thing that people say only Lacazette can do, I think Aubameyang did pretty damn well. Um, <laughs> and, point. and just uh, the, the the ball back from Smithrow, genius, genius little cut back behind him. And then with Aubameyang just getting that little hook, just the little hook into the very corner of the Left mat. footed. That, Rob, at the end of the day, we've... Yeah, left footed. Yeah. Uh, you know, wrong foot. Um, but... He's been a contentious character because he's he had a really difficult season last campaign. But we could say whatever the hell we want about him. At the end of the day, he's a top-class goal scorer. And in matches like this, he comes up big. And he came yeah. up really big in this one. Oh, boy, does Aubameyang love the North London derby. Um, and, you know, oh... Just before I get into it, what about that celebration? Bloody iconic! You, you, that, that's the he. These, this is the guy who um, really understands the sort of significance of these occasions. He knows that these sorts of matches are what are going to make Arsenal fans remember him forever. Uh, and you know, fair play to him. He, every single aspect of his game was brilliant. But the goal, the goal was probably. I'm gonna say like my favorite goal of the Arteta tenure so far, and I'm yeah. hope that that it replaces that bloody goal that we see on loop. Don't get me wrong, a great goal, but the Abamian goal we we saw in the um, the FA Cup uh, semi final, you know, the one that was played out so wonderfully, because this this was constructed in a similar vein, and it was it was it was even more ruthless. Um, you know, you had the pass from Ramsdale out to Shaka. Yes, risky, but it epitomizes the risk and reward fashion of being the press. Uh, perhaps a foul, foul on Hoiberg, but who gives a shit? Um, and then, you know, from there, everything was just so quick. Um, glided through the midfield. Quick ball from Tierney into Aubameyang. And as you say, that, that flick over the top was just sumptuous. Oh, my God. Um, and then Smith Rowe's acceleration, you know, lots of people have been talking about this, but such an underrated um, aspect of his game, how he just, you know, so effortlessly managed to keep Tanganga pretty far away from him. And then the cutback was was just, you know, stunning. And Aubameyang, as Max said, on his weaker foot, 
that is not an easy finish. And it finished right up in the uh, bottom right-hand corner. And I think my favourite thing about it was, um, I don't know if you've seen, but Martin Odegaard was all, already celebrating it's a classic. before yeah. Aubameyang hit it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that might be a bad omen. And I was saying this in a pre-pod call, I was, I was saving this to say. And um, I think that it... I, I couldn't believe it came off, but when um when we still, when we played it out so sort of effectively and beat that Spurs press, I said I said to my and the, said to my friends like uh, I think someone said, oh my god, what are Arsenal doing? Why are they doing that? And I'm saying because we're because we're really good. And then the girl came in <laughs> straight way straight <laughs> after that, and I just stood up, hands out, and I was like, yeah, we are good. We are bloody good yeah. when we want to be. Uh, Jacques Sh- yeah. had a little scary moment though. I yeah. was when that little that short pass. I think it was either Ramsdale. It was Ramsdale out to Jaka. I was like, if Spurs get the ball here, that's one one, and the game's over. But, yeah. Oh. Um. I also. I do. I do have to say one thing. Jaffet Tanganga is not a slow player. No, like he is very, very quick. Um, I don't. Can, Smith can I say though? I don't. I don't really rate him. Yeah. I don't really rate him. <laughs> no. No. I think. I, don't, I think. I don't he's rate just him a, as a right back. I think back. he's just a shit houser. Yeah, I don't think he's really You're all that just good. Just a shit Tommy Yasu. <laughs> <laughs> shit Tommy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, it was definitely. It was a beautiful goal. I agree with you. Um, and there, there's a small trend I'm going to point out when we talk about the third goal, but just to kind of get my own chops into this mm, one, yeah. um, I think the the most spectacular part of the goal for me, at least, was the I'm not sure if you remember our goal in the five one win over Leicester that kind of started from the back. It was what might have been Tierney to Torreira, Ozil had like the flick to Bellerin and then it was like the double oh, dummy yeah. the um the through Ozil's legs Lacazette around the corner Ozil chip across to Alba that kind of vibe mm. that's kind of the goal it most reminded me of not only because of Alba's flick but simply just because it was th- for the first goal it was a good passage of possession but the confidence necessary to break down such a clogged high press that Spurs were running because, you know, they had no defensive midfielders, but Ali and Ndombele were, you know, harassing Xhaka and Partey unsuccessfully because Xhaka <laughs> and Partey are fucking baller, but, you know, unsuccessfully all game. And it, it's those moments of kind of almost panic and almost could have gone bad that turn into the good that really epitomize the type of risk I love seeing this team take. Um, you know, and the type of risk that kind of vindicates Arteta's style of play. Because when Arteta's possession system is in effect and we're not taking risks, it's useless. Um, it's just dead, you know, dead possession, dead numbers. But mm-hmm. that 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 was kind of a telling difference for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. And and I just want to touch on Jacques a little bit before we get into the third goal, too. Um I I, I'm eager to know, Mac, why your spit guard's still hot. Um, shout out. You, no, no one's allowed to use that either, by the way. Just like, just Damn like, it. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If you're host, feel free to use that. I just need $1,000 in royalties every time it's used. Um, <laughs> I, I have to know, Mac, how you felt about Jacques' performance because I just thought if I was to sum up Jacques' performance with one word, it would be this. Jaka. 
it was so, it was just so shit housing. You know, I, I, I just, what, let me, let me see here. Let me just make sure. Yeah. The guy somehow, some way did not get a yellow card in that match. It felt like <laughs> every foul being committed by Arsenal was from Granit Xhaka. And he was just, to be fair to the guy, I know he comes under a lot of scrutiny, but I think in these kind of matches, you kind of want to have someone like that. It's a bit of a prick, you yeah. know? And and he was just, he was bullying Tottenham. And he absolutely should have been booked. That's a disaster class from the referee. But um, <laughs> We'll take it. But, Doesn't happen often. But Mac, what did you make of the? Yeah, exactly. What do you make of this? Uh, I mean, that shit housing performance. First off, if we're gonna talk about the referee, yeah, Craig Pawson, I think called one of the most even games I've ever seen because he missed so much for both sides. <laughs> like <laughs> it simply, it he was letting a lot of kind of the small shitty stuff go, and I'm fine with that if it's balanced. Um, and it was a very balanced game. Like it didn't really swing one way. Poor calls were made for both sides. You know, no calls, key no calls were made for both sides. And at the end of the day, I wasn't necessarily mad about it. But Xhaka has this, he's almost a bit like, we kind of got the best out of Granite Xhaka, I think, because he was at his post-suspension, I'm going to be a baller, and his <laughs> North London derby, I, I, I'm only seeing red mode. Like he, he, kind of the two switches he flips. Um, I remember I saw I saw a good meme a couple of years ago. Um, I'm not sure how many people watch like the Studio Ghibli movies, but if one of the main characters, there's like a big chasing scene where she's trying to get someone's attention and chases uh, kind of one of her like arch rivals through a bathhouse, if I recall correctly. And it's just a video. It's a picture of her doing like sprinting at full speed. Um, and she's labeled Jaka. And the person she's chasing is labeled literally anyone on Tottenham. And it kind of felt like that again. He, yeah. j- he like, he just goes hunting, man. It's, it's hilarious to watch. Um, I do agree. He is a bit of the team's bastard. And frankly, it was so unfortunate to see him get hurt. Um, looked really, na- looked really, really nasty. And, you know, he is not a player that goes down easily, but no. he's us. And even when he does, even when he's in, in pain he doesn't stay down so the fact mm-hmm. that he really was like like he didn't gesture for a sub but he was not getting up and like to the point where he didn't try and that was really frightening for me um it was something to do with one of his interior cruciate ligaments um i be- and i think the report was six to eight weeks which is yeah. a, sh- a shit timeline because it means we won't have him for the dreaded capital n november um but yeah, I think on the day, I thought he was our worst performer. But that's on a day Me where too. where everyone was sliding in sevens, eights, or nines. He had a performance where, frankly, he didn't make any big errors. He did his job mm. well, but he provided some genuine actual security at the back. Um, because I think you know his his positional sense and Tomoyasu's inverted role really allowed Partey to thrive. And I think his kind of presence in the team doing that was more important than anything he did on the baller in possession. It was a less it was a yeah. lesser role for him, and it was a role I really liked actually. I feel like with um, sort of that midfield three we had of Partey, Shaka, uh, and Erdegaard, 
it's not till after the game that a lot of people have sort of appreciated what they did. And I remember actually being frustrated during the game, particularly with Erdegaard, um, who was being shrugged off the ball a little easily at times for my liking. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having looked at some of the statistics and, you know, all the classic comps that come out, Erdegaard was fantastic. And I think... I think one of the biggest signs of a, a really good midfielding performance is when when you don't really notice the player because they're just doing everything right. You know, they're not, yes, they're not setting the world alight. They're not smashing it into the top corner from 40 yards, but they're just doing everything tidily. They're progressing the ball. They're making, you know, neat interceptions. They're breaking up play, what have you. And I think that's what we got from, particularly Partey and Shaka, yeah. uh, and then Erdegaard was just picking up really nice spaces. You know, I don't think any of them were particularly special, but, you know, as you said, solid 7 out of 10s, and we're not going to be complaining at that. And hey, 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 important to note, Partey put a shot on target, and it was a good one. Yeah. That little curve. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, it was. It was, at, it, it was actually better than it looked when it when I first saw it. It was, you know, Lloris had to reach like back. Yeah, he had Lloris thinking. Um yeah, and, those are uh, yeah, those are difficult for goalkeepers because it did, he went for the post that you wouldn't really expect, you know. So yeah, it was I, a weird I, angle. Yeah, I, I like that effort from, but but hey, we can't talk about uh, a beauty from Partey without talking about that switch. Oh, to, uh, you're to so. <laughs> if only that came off. I put a tweet out. I was like, if I'm Partey, um, at full uh, at whatever it was, full time or half time, was that the first or second half? I can't remember. I think pretty late. It was first half, yeah. Okay. yeah. Was it? I know it was first half because we were definitely going the same way that we scored at. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're right. Well, I said, um, I was like, um, if I'm Partey in the um, in the halftime team talk, I'm kicking Aubameyang with the same uh, ferociousness <laughs> that I spanked that Paul with because he didn't control that. That was a world-class switch, man, and that touch from Aubameyang, that was frustrating because I think he probably would have been in for goal and he'd fancy his chances in that kind of position. But, hey, it happens. It happens. It's all good. Um, but I think – I like what you are saying there a lot, Rob. I think a good midfield performance sometimes is just you not noticing them. And if that's applicable for anyone, it's Thomas Partey. I, there was just moments that I just forgot he was on the – I mean, obviously he provided some of these world-class switches, a good shot, some good tackles and stuff, but – Whereas the camera was constantly panning to Shaka for, you know, always committing these fouls or Odegaard creating chances. Partey was just kind of doing his own thing, being a hard worker and they're covering every square inch of grass on that pitch. And that's exactly what we want from him. And, you know, it was so good mm. to, to see him, um, you know, not get uh, <laughs> lugged off injured or anything. You know, it was, yeah. good, it was good to see him just, just go, just keep on going. So Let's hope that continues going into the future because his fitness has been an issue since he signed. Um, I guess let's 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 finally just talk about the third goal. Then we could just talk about the whole wider picture of it too. Um, Rob, that soccer goal. That was a that was a weird one. It just it seemed like the ball wouldn't come away from his feet. And how beautiful was it that the man that missed the tackle was? The, the, oh, it's so hilarious. The man that, oh my gosh, can I just say before we get into the goal too, I think Tottenham have made a colossal error and not just selling Kane because the guy looks, the guy looks depressed. 
You know, he's so uninterested. He's like, "Are you fucking?" He's because he's seeing Jack. Gre- Dude, Jack Grealish. At, at the time of recording this, Jack Grealish is going to play against PSG. You know, like in the Champions League, and he's becoming the headliner for City. Kane is still just trudging along with this cock on a ball logo team. You know, I mean, it's just it's just absolutely conference league. Conference Con- league. Let's conference go. Baby. League. Yep. So who are they playing? Just, yeah. Hold on, let me check. Yep, let's see. This is for jokes. And while you're doing that, let me go ahead and read out a Tottenham record, too, by the Spurs web on Twitter. Tottenham Hotspur have become the first team in world football to be top of the league and then overtaken by the team bottom of the league within three games. So well done to Tottenham for breaking records. Um, Absolutely sensational. (laughs) And, you know. Do you reckon they'll get a trophy for that? I think they probably will. Um, And then they'll, they'll also get one for... Having the most uninterested um, top class striker in Premier League history. So well done to Tottenham, um, huge club, and yeah. Well, just, I, I, I've done some research. They're they're yeah. they're playing some huge teams as well. Um, this this I think it's Thursday, the thirtieth of September. Um, they're playing a team called NS Mura. Which oh, wow. is um, NS Mura. Uh, they are currently fifth place in the. Is this the wait? I can't find what league it is. I kid you not. Um, wow, it's looking, <laughs> it's looking distinctly Hungarian. Um, what? That, that's a tough game. So for Spurs. they're they're currently fifth yeah. place out of ten teams in the SNL. Uh, I looked up SNL and obviously came up Saturday Night Live. I then up I, I, oh, then I got it. SNL I got it. League <laughs> and it's the Scottish National uh-huh. League for ice hockey. I think just because I'm in Scotland, is it like Serbia <laughs> or Slovenia? <laughs> like what country is this? Here we go. Are you ready? I'll give, read the description. Give it to me. On yeah, yeah, please. Nshmura, Nagomentna Sola Mura, commonly referred to as Nsh. Mura, or simply Mura, is a Slovenian Slovenia. football team playing in the town of Murska Sobota, founded in 2012. The team currently, shout out Manchester City, uh, the team currently plays in the <laughs> Slovenian Provliga, the top tier of Slovenian football. The club's home ground is Fazarin, <laughs> Fazen Arija Stadium. Yep, great place. Um, with the capacity of 3,782 seats. Wow, that is going to be. Just for um, perspective, the Tampa Bay Rowdy Stadium, the um, team which, it, that's just for reference, that's the second level of um, American soccer. And as you guys know, American soccer isn't no. very big. Um, the Rowdy Stadium holds uh, 7,000. So it's twice the size oh my of God. the place where um, the uh the Rowdies are visiting now, uh, Worst Club, the, that Tottenham are visiting. So have fun there, Spurs. Um, you're basically just like performing at a comedy theater, um, which makes sense because you are a joke. Um, so anyway. Do you want to know it's more fun? Uh, Real Madrid, because they were rebuilding the Bernabeu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure their training ground, where they held all of their games for the last 18 months, has a bigger oh, yeah. capacity than that stadium. Oh, that's lovely. Well, I'm pretty, hold like, up. Can I, hold, real quick. We love Anesh Mira here at the Arsenal Cannon Podcast, so we mean oh, no disrespect to you. My new favorite people. team. We're, we're disrespecting Tottenham because they're playing you because they're shite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out Slovenia. Yeah. You, got, you know, you got Yano Block and stuff, man. You've got 
you know. Bro, don't they have like the craziest goalie dilemma ever? Don't they have Handanovic as well? Like, no, are, I think are they not the same nation? No, no, I think no, he's maybe Croatian. Not. Handanovic? No, Absolutely he's, not. he's definitely not. No, wait, not I Croatian. I just don't know where he's... Is he Slovakian, maybe? No, wait, he's Slovakian. No, no, he's Slovenian. You're right. Why would I think he's Croatian? Yeah, so, no, he's, he's Slovenian. So they literally right, have two, of, in my opinion, well? the top yeah. five goalies, or specifically oh, wow. shot stoppers, in, on the planet from the same country, oh. and I don't think anyone else have yeah, ever... Yeah, they're both Slovenian. Man, that sucks. <laughs> That's like Scotland with... Uh, I mean, at least they can play in two different positions. Tierney and Robertson, but you know, it's just like, of course, of course, you've got two top class players in basically the same position. Yep, crazy. Anyway, we digressed a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rob, the Bukayo Saka goal. I mean, we're talking about how Kane is, um, you know, kind of lacking commitment. And stuff. And oh, what a world class assist from him! Though. Oh yeah, bro. true. He's trying Stunner. to get his move to. Stunner. Yeah, he's trying to get his move to his beloved Arsenal. So fair play. Mm. Um, mm. But one guy that doesn't like any sort of commitment, we know this, is Saka, and that was just such a Saka goal. He just never gave up and just went all the way. Oh. With his supposed weaker foot, you can't even call either of his feet a weaker foot because he's just he got his goal and his assist with his quote unquote weaker foot. So. Rob, this guy, we don't deserve him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. I mean, you could tell it was Arsenal's day when, when that goal went in. There was a great deal of luck involved, the way it just broke so kindly for Saka after it seemed that he'd uh, perhaps waited a little too long to spread the ball out wide to Aubameyang. But um, there still, to to have the composure to to tuck it away into the, the bottom corner despite, you know, all the sort of mayhem which preceded the goal in terms of you know Kane's brilliant slide tackle um you know it, it just just outstanding and so many people have been saying oh if you play a three behind the striker of uh, Saka Erdegaard and Smith Rowe you, you're lacking goals yeah these these are young guys of course of course they don't score every week but unless you play them every week they're not going to learn how to score every week and um, I just, it, it couldn't have gone better, to be honest, in terms of the three goal scorers, you know. You've got the two most loved players of the club, you know. Let, we're, we're, of course, we're falling in love rapidly with Ramsdale and Tommy Asu, but, you know, the, these are our boys. There's something so satisfying about seeing proper Arsenal boys who have come through the academy score in the North London derby. Mm. Um, and then you've got Aubameyang as well, who's club captain and is made for those iconic moments. Um, it, it was just the perfect, perfect day uh, as an Arsenal fan. And that goal, you know, it just typifies why Bukayo Saka needs to play on that right-hand side. You know, he can go inside. Oh, no, the ball is broken to my, my right-hand side. What do I do? I just put it away effort, effortlessly <laughs> with my right foot. Um, you know, not not many wingers in this league have that in their, in their locker, to be honest. So, um yeah, we, we are a blessed Arsenal fan base at the moment. Uh, and the future just feels so, so bright. Um, and that is very weird to be saying after the state of affairs three weeks ago. Mm, yeah. Yeah, well, things change in football with wins. So it's just, it's it's been yeah. crazy. And let's just hope we can continue in this. Um, oh, and also, if, mm. if Mikel Arteta doesn't get manager of the month, it is a fucking robbery. Yeah, we're the only team to have won all three games, and he's turned it around 
I mean, and can, and I, I, I love the support for him from the fan base at the moment. Yeah, it's, me too. It's great to see. He looked, we, we've got to touch on two more individuals and the, the other person is going to be Ramsdale. Um, but the, <sighs> since you get, since you gave me the transition, Rob, let's, let's touch on Arteta. Um, I have never seen him like that. He looked like a possessed dude. He, he looked absolutely, yeah. he, he looked off his nut. He looked crazy, but I think he just was. He could have replaced, he could have replaced Shaka in the midfield. Honestly, I think he wanted to <laughs> at some point. Like, yeah. yeah. He was giving me uh, strong, like, strong uh, Emory vibes with regards to his just yeah. crazy energy, doing cartwheels on the touchline and everything. But, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you can understand it because this guy's gone from losing his first three games of the season to winning three in a row, only conceding one goal, you know, and conceding mm-hmm. it to fair to, to you know, got to hold your hands up at one point. Maybe Ramsdale should have saved it. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um but, you know, the one goal we conceded was to a world-class player, you know. So it's like this is a great set of games. And it's just it, it, it just looks really promising. And I just think Arteta, <laughs> I, I'm stating the obvious here, but he really needed that, you know. There was – I already had that, that perfect head of hair of his along with the rest of his noggin on the chopping block. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I was starting to get. We all did. Yeah, I, I was like, "What? What's? What's the point of this?" You know, he he looks so out of his depth, and it just it looks like now that he's got his his squad, we look like an actual team. We look like an actual team with yeah. an actual plan, and like we know what we're doing. And you know, I guess let's get right into. It. I don't. I don't really know what else to say about Arteta. To be fair, so um, Mac, just on that same note, Aaron Ramsdale. A guy that you and I, Mac, I have to bring this up to you, by the way, my friend, because just a couple weeks ago, you referenced this in the Extra Cannon podcast with Max Mishkan recently. You and I, a couple weeks ago, were just absolutely slating the signing of Ramsdale. We're delighted about the fact that it seemed to have fallen through. Well, <laughs> you ever tried humble pie? Because um, I've I've been eating quite a bit of it recently. In fact, every yeah, time. Yeah, me too. Every time it's quite sweet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Just I don't mind. Tastes fucking delicious, dude. I am. I'd give me more. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I, let's. Well, first, first and foremost, let's start with the yucky part, and then we'll get into that save. Italicize bold. Um, okay. The goal that he conceded. Do you think he could have done better with it, Mac? I think it's hit or miss. Um, yes, he gets a hand on it. Yes, it is you know, difficult, but certainly right at him, um, at him, there's an H in that word. Um, you know, just generally, I think it's, it wasn't exactly a lapse of concentration. I wouldn't argue it was a goalkeeping error. I think the most important question to ask is in the same scenario, does Leno save it? You know, is it a mistake to start Ramsdale because there's a chance that goal could have been prevented? No. No, no king chance Leno saves that. No, I and no king chance he saves the two miraculous things that Ramsdale saved in that game. Mm. Like, yeah. especially the one looping over his head. Um, I don't know how he saved that. I don't know how he if, saved that. So here's, here's a little, a little slice of context. Yeah. Uh, Neil Mope, Arsenal fans love Neil Mope. Um, <laughs> Neil Mope made a comment when he was on an interview with Henri, by the way, if you haven't seen his interview with Henri, 
he gets like really shy and it's kind of adorable because yeah, he, yeah. Like, he's a big he's french of course but he's a big Henri guy like grew <laughs> up watching his goals and stuff and he was like this is the first time i've met you like it's a yeah it was, it was actually kind of sweet um i have no doubt he's probably you know, a splendid for, guy on off the pitch but oh, he is a proper I, I by the way can i just say i loved how yeah, he mocked do. he mocked zaha celebration dude, uh, yeah, that I was dude that was genius he's such a shithouse and i kind of really appreciate it when it's not against arsenal right um he did also make a comment in the interview about how much he loves to play arsenal and how he didn't want to ruin thierry's day so that was a little bit of a dig but at the same time he basically said you know one of the most important lessons that he learned from Henri watching him finish is that it's incredibly hard for a goalkeeper to dive and save a ball while backpedaling mm. um and for his like 97th minute equalizer that he scored against Palace, it you know he dinked the goalie, he put it over his head, and it was yeah. really challenging to save. And Henri asked him, you know, when did you see the goalie off his line? And Mope says, as soon as the ball bounced, I took a look at the goalie and saw him literally just five, six feet off his line and thought, screw it. If I put this in the right spot, he's not going to get to it. He didn't get to it. Mope equalized. It was great. Beautiful goal. But... Um, the uh, the sheer athleticism of Ramsdale to backpedal a good like 20, 25 feet and then just launch himself at the curler from Lucas Mora, tip it onto the bar. I mean, it is that is you know nothing short of sensational. Um, and it looked slightly clumsy, but that's because it is a slightly clumsy action. It's not physically graceful to backpedal and freaking high <laughs> jump over your own crossbar to save a ball. Like that's not a beautiful looking action. Um, but it doesn't need to be. It makes it all the more spectacular because of it. I mean, I was, I, uh, I genuinely, I was in an, a pub with about 20 Arsenal fans and two Spurs fans. One of whom is my good friend, Tim. I shouted out Tim in the PPC. So I have to do it now. Um, shout out Tim for being a sport and not being too upset that his team are shit. But um, <laughs> what he was... I hope you're crying. Livid. <laughs> yeah, me Jesus too. Wept, man. He's a sweat, man. And to my mate, he's Fergus, a sweet kid. who's a Spurs fan that I watch with. <laughs> I hope you're crying, mate. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen another human more disbelief, more in disbelief that a shot didn't go in. Um, and, and, and that, <laughs> oh, I'm I think... I'm just picturing it. <laughs> oh, and and did you hear yeah. the roar as well yes. from the fans it when was he saved spectacular. it? You can just tell he how is... much everyone loves Leno. He's he... <laughs> not Leno <laughs> Ramsdale. Oh, oh no, that's awkward. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Leno is too because uh, it just seems like clip. yeah. Clip it. Appar- clip it. Post it everywhere. I think maybe Leno is like socially awkward or something because it just seems to me like these players and the managers just like Ramsdale so much more. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, poor bird. I mean, keep yeah, in I, mind, in the last three years, we've gone from eight players who speak German as their first language to zero, one true. including Leno, and two who can at all because Alba spent time in Germany. But like, we have entirely replaced the German core of this team with an English yeah. core. I love how um, 
I love how Hansi Flick was at the game. Yes, but that was not I was cracking off about it. I was like, dude, bro, if he's here to watch know. Leno, he just went to Arteta's, watch the match. Arteta, what the fuck am I doing? Arteta's like Arteta. made this theoretical promise that Leno's going to start, and Flick is like, aha, I need to go watch my fourth choice goalkeeper play, and then he's just fucking sat on the bench for ninety minutes and been on stage. Like, dude, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if y'all's cameraman did the same thing, but uh, they panned to Hansi Flick. Yes. Nice, nice little B-roll there for like three seconds, and then bang, right to Leno. And I was like, "Damn, bro, this, this camera is an asshole." Dude, yeah, <laughs> shit was funny. Um, uh, yeah, but Ramsdale, what a man! Like, true. It, yeah. It's just, it's just uh, nice. If to you see haven't it. seen already, yeah, there's um. There's an angle from the Saka goal that you can see. Oh, yes. You see Ramsdale yes. celebrating in the background and he's just going mental. <laughs> he, he like runs over to the substitutes and I think he almost like jumps yeah. into the crowd. Um, but oh, my other I favorite loved, I lo- I was from the bench, well, I... the bench cam. If you see it, there's a side by side, I think like yeah. a top and a bottom of, um, I want to say it was the Aubameyang goal and maybe Smith Rowe and Arteta's like manic celebrations that they're showing and about it's like an eight second video about six seconds in you just see a green pair of legs like fly across (laughs) the screen (laughs) um to go celebrate the defense (laughs) and it was a lovely moment but well uh, just so he he, he's a sweet uh, kid isn't he yeah he just I think he really just I like Leno. I do. And I think when he gets his move away, we'll see that he he is a very good goalkeeper, you know. But I think it's just – I think this team, I think they need a goalkeeper with more uh, more personality, to, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, you know. And I think Ramsdale just brings that to the table. I mean, you look at this world-class save. Yeah. Look at this world-class save he made. I mean, he's shaped like a C – to talk shit to Tottenham because C stands for Conference League. So it's just he knows what it's all about I, playing for I, Arsenal. I thought you were and going somewhere I, else there, Danny. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to start talking about Deli Alley for a second. <laughs> either way, either way. He knows what it means. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I love the guy. Um, gives me Tamiyasu vibes, man. You just can't dislike either of them. And Rob, I mean, ooh, nice voice guy. <laughs> Rob, um, get a little emotional. Um, this guy, this guy cannot be taken out of the starting eleven anytime soon, can he? He has well he doesn't deserve to be. No, he's well and truly hijacked the the starting spot from Leno. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think he talked in an interview about the fact that um, he sort of turned up and. Um, you know, he wasn't just here to take part. That that's that was never his plan. He, he always wanted to uh, just come in and take the role as as first choice keeper. As... Oh, oh shit! I no, alarm's going off again. <laughs> okay, well, do you want? Let's wrap up real quick. Oh my god! Yeah, we can back up. Enjoy the noise in the background. Oh, well. <laughs> do you want? I genuinely might not leave like, my room this time. After it's this. so pointless. We have. Do you, do you, do you um, guys have? You yeah, know what? Perfect. You guys can Cheers. carry on and I'll just end mine. My okay. uh, marketing opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, we love you, Arsenal.co.uk. Amazing work, everyone, getting to 500 articles. Love you, Rob. Um, I've been Rob. See you later. See you, Bye. <laughs> See ya. Oh, I'm crying. You know, my recording's still going. I'm just going to send it through. Fuck. <laughs> that, is, that is brilliant.
Ugh. Yeah, me too. Well, no, no, don't, 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 did you stop? Did you stop? Can't stop, won't stop, baby. Don't stop. That is that is electric. that is called podcast gold. That's ladies and gentlemen, pips in between. Uh, we were talking about it pre-show how Rob has been having to deal with some fire drill issues at his you know student housing or whatever the heck it is, and there was proof in the pudding. So we didn't only have you know Woody the wood chipper as a new guest. We also had Freddie Fire. <laughs> Yeah, man. What an episode. What an episode. That... This has been brilliant. Um, yeah, now that Rob's gone, I get to talk. Uh, I'm joking. I've been I've been nattering on all episode. But um I did have two remaining you know what are they called? When you when you ramble, but like not rambling, it's a tangents. Let's tangents, go. Yeah. Um tangent number one mm-hmm. from Sokka's post match interview. Uh, his sec- second question he was asked was, was it special to be able to kind of have both you and Emil score and also to assist him? And he goes, yeah, like three days ago, we were talking about it in the lunchroom <laughs> or at breakfast. It was over breakfast. And he's like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if like one of us scored in the Derby? Um, like, that would be so cool. Like, we'd love that as like a casual conversation. And then he says, you know, when Emil scored, I was like, all right, we did it. It wasn't like he did it. It was like, a no, we did it. We've done it. Like, we're here. Um, and then, you know, he did it 20 minutes later. And just I I think the elation that we were experiencing was something very akin to the elation that he was experiencing. Because, I mean, they've been at the club since they were young, young. I mean, Sokka's youngest, I think, like eight or something like that. But it's just the amount of vindication and time and effort that gets put into being where they are today as a 20 and 21 year old, I think is, you know, it it can't be overlooked really. Yeah. Well said. Well, I completely agree, man. I mean, look, I was saying earlier, these two guys, they, they are, they are the face of this club at the moment, you know, and we have so many likable players and they've pretty much that they are the most likable. Like, and it's awesome. It's just so great, you know, and, and seeing them, seeing them wear legendary numbers on their backs, you know, let's not forget Emile Smith Rowe was just given the number 10. I mean, that's a pretty damn legendary number at this club and the weight of it isn't holding him down. He's like a diamond and and thriving under pressure, you know? So I just, I love to see it. And Saka, I mean, Max Saka's just been an absolute not, not taking nothing away from Smith Rowe, but as soon as Saka bursted onto the scene, I was like, "Yep, well, that's that." You know, he came on, and it was just remember we had a Wobie at the time, and it was like, "Oh my!" It was God. like, "Wow, okay." So young wingers, some young wingers can finish a bag of chips, you know. So, so, so this is what it's meant to look yeah. like. Yeah, um, I actually remember. Shout out to a site that we both write for that I mentioned relatively regularly. Relatively regularly, fucking. That's hard to say. Um, the 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 lovely pain in the arsenal now managed by the wonderful Ross Kennerly, but previously by the the dastardly duo of um of Josh and Andrew, who I think gave both of us our starts there. Yeah. Did you see? Did you um, see? Uh... Well, I know Josh is just a genius creative writer, and he's going for like Gotham. Oh, he's nuts, stuff. dude! He's he's crazy. He genuinely check out Josh Sippy, everyone on Twitter. He is genuinely who inspired my writing style. I think he's I think he's fucking amazing. 
Um, but then Andrew, he's also one of the funniest people you'll ever read. So funny. And then Andrew, um, he's writing for like, uh, some, something I, I can't remember. It's either Sheffield or Manchester. So they're both just absolutely crushing it, man. So fair play to both of them. And then Ross, yeah. obviously Ross Kennerly, the King, the man himself. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's great. But I remember like years back when I was just a reader of Pain in the Arsenal before I read it. Um, there was like one Europa League campaign. It was Smith Rowe's like debut and he did okay. But and I wasn't able to watch the games because they just weren't televised in the States at that time. But like when I was able to watch highlights, I was like, huh, this kid might be something special. Mm. But even before we knew who he was, he had already kind of garnered these Croydon De Bruyne nicknames and whatever from the Academy from his time at Hill End. And he was like the next big thing. And then, you know, he kind of went on loan to Leipzig when Reese Nelson went to Hoffenheim and was overshadowed there. And then he got injured and mm. for the entire time and then came back and was kind of overshadowed at the club. And the fact that he has in pretty much six months made the change from a bit part rotation player to one of the keys of this squad's success is it, like to the point where he's wearing Dennis Bergkamp's shirt number. Like mm. it's just amazing. Um it really is a sight to behold. I completely agree. And the biggest praise that I can give either of them, I'm going to give each one of them comparative praise. Okay. Emil Smith-Rowe, but he doesn't remind me of De Bruyne, by the way. He reminds me of one of my favorite players at the moment. I'm pretty sure he's probably one of everyone's favorites at the moment, Jack Grealish. He really gives me Jack Grealish vibes, and I just... That, that's huge praise because I think he's a top-class player. And then Bukayo Saka, he doesn't remind me of anyone. Bukayo Saka reminds me of Bukayo Saka. And I just, I think they're both, they are the future of this club. And because of them, the future looks bright. Was there something else you wanted to, to talk about too? Uh, there was a second tangent. Yeah. I will, I will step into your little comparative metaphor. Sure, yeah. I think the, I agree with you on half of that in terms of the soccer thing. Okay. But I think in terms of Smith Rowe, it's hard to, for me to categorize him as a player, you know, the way he drives and runs with the ball and just acts without fear. That is incredibly Jack Grealish. Also mm -hmm. the fact that he's, you know, right footed off the left side, but Grealish for all of his incredible and immeasurable talent tends to dally on the ball. You know, true. He kind of he likes to dribble. He likes to be the man of the moment. And I think the unselfishness and the directness which with which Smith Rowe really tends to move and play and especially pick up space is what brings up those, you know, De Bruyne conversations. He's certainly not as good of a long range passer or technical passer, frankly. Um, he loves a short pass and he's much more he's much better in motion then he is kind of static as De Bruyne really can be sometimes. Not that he's not a mobile player, but that he does tend to kind of stop, make everybody stop and take watch. Um, but I think Smith Rowe is, you know, as much as he is his own player really brings up traits of both for me. And I think that's one of the reasons I appreciate him so much because he's not a one dimensional comparison to anybody. Um, uh, yeah. Facts. But yeah. Um, my second thing is, did you notice the the common thread other than youth, the common thread about all three of our goals? 
There's there's one there, there's one thing. Uh, I don't I and don't think it's, what's it, that? and it's not carry the car alarm. <laughs> We're fucking running out of guest slots here, bro. You Dude, guys got so chill. bad. <laughs> um, no, what was the common thread? I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, did you notice that none of them were scored uh, in possession-based play? They were all scored in transition or on the counter. Oh, yeah, thinking back, yeah, yeah. Tottenham are a counterattacking side, and they were beaten on the counter. I think Max Mishkan in the Extra Cannon podcast this past week made the brilliant point that some teams, he was referring to Spurs and he was referring to Man United, um, almost do better on occasion when they are, you know, he, he, I think he made the phrase they would do better if they just handed the ball to the opposition and waited to attack until they got it back. And I don't think Arsenal are the same way. But, you know, Rob made the very good point, I think on episode 101 it might have been, could have been before that as well, but that we tactically are a team incredibly well-suited to transitions, especially with Aubameyang, Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, Saka, and we made the best of them, but to take this team, and if we had played the same kind of stodgy, possession-based, very kind of heavily, you know, constricted almost, tactically constricted football that we've been playing in recent weeks, it would have gone poorly. We would not have had the same success we did playing quickly, playing decisively, and playing for all intents and purposes in transition on the counter. Um, and this is kind of my one massive tactical note from this game we should prioritize this more simply simply we should um we saw rob mentioned that fa cup campaign where alba did the thing but you know even then we scored our best goals grabbing the ball in transition pumping numbers forwards and getting the ball to our star players in the positions where they thrive or where they can you know make room for others to thrive and I, it just seems like such a no-brainer that repeating that is the best way to go for this team. Um, yeah, that's that's tangent number two. And I wasn't quite sure where to fit it in, but now that Rob's gone and blown up a building or something, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why the fire alarm's going off, but now that he's <laughs> now that he's out of the room, um, yeah, I just I, I figured I would take the time to 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 hog the spotlight, as it were. Hey, I've got no issue with that, my friend. No issue whatsoever with it. And well put, and I didn't even notice. So good eye, too. And I really like what you're saying there about uh, Mr. Jack De Bruyne or Kevin Grealish. I mean, geez, that's a nice I little I quite combo. like Kevin Grealish. Kevin Grealish? Okay. Although, yeah, yeah my, my favorite Kevin in the Premier League is uh, Kevin Albrighton. Kevin Albrighton. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Mark, Mark, Mark Albrighton's middle name is Kevin. Um, and there's 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 a running bit that J- Jamie Vardy learned it in an interview and has called him nothing but Kevin since. <laughs> and there are like uh, there are like on pitch audio clips of him calling for the cross and screaming Kevin. It's genuinely my favorite thing. It's it's Shut- like the second coming of uh, Cesar Azpilicueta and Dave. Dude, shout out Home Alone. Dude. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin! <laughs> I, I can imagine Jamie Vardy screaming that uh, on the on the chair. Oh, he does. If it's go, go watch. For you know what? Screw it. I'll I'll save this for my marketing opportunity because I yeah. want to share it. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a random YouTube video. But anyway, speaking of, do you have anything else to 
ruminate upon? No, no. I think I think we, Mr. Fitton, um, I think we've uh, I think we've covered this pretty damn well, Mac. Um, you yeah, and I, I so too. we crushed the last ten minutes because Rob is on fire. But that's fine. What did I call him at the beginning of the show? Something Victor. Um, La- saw saw something Victor. Sawil. Sawil. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Because the saw is used to cut yeah. the tree, and then like a wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good guy. So wheel. So wheel Victor. Um, <laughs> so anyway, do you, yeah, do, marketing opportunity of a lifetime. Was it the Jamie Vardy YouTube videos? Yeah, that got uh, it is. Okay. It, it is a, a video, I believe, produced by either Sky or The Prem. Um, and it's like him and Johnny Evans doing an interview um, centered around like the, we're going to give you criteria about your teammates and then have it guessed. Um and you have to, you know, the more kind of the, the fewer chances you guess it in, the more points you get, I think was the vibe. But like, they are genuinely both hilarious. Um, and it's worth a watch if you have the time. Also, as I think we will probably include, Rob uh, had a lovely little plug for we love you arsenal.co.uk, uh, one of mm-hmm. the, the best Arsenal site that there is. Um, I will also shout out the podcasts by the We Love You Arsenal newly rebranded and re-logo-ified, bannered, repainted, refreshed, fucking refreshed. Mm. Um, Arsenal and Extra Cannon podcasts, the YouTube channel that we will hopefully start uploading to soon, as we always say. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we're having a good time. Just hit 500 articles, which is kind of crazy. Um, Mm. so expect more from the ladies and gentlemen over at We Love You Arsenal in the future. Keep looking at our website, people. And the 501st article, here's my marketing opportunity of a lifetime, along with the world-class site that Mac and Rob have already plugged, is my recent Finton's Frolic, 49 Things Bigger Than Tottenham. The cover photo is a picture of Harry Kane celebrating on a sky graphic, that says, is there a power shift in North London Sunday supplement? Check that out. If you guys have read it before, you know how weird I am. And that's, by the way, that's alcohol free. So that's why I get a little weird and wacky on the drunk cast people. So there we go. Um, you know, you know, it's not alcohol free is Jaya Lai, Danny. Yeah. And I think there was something special that happened there recently as well, no? Yeah, I'm trying to get into contact with them. Um, so basically I work currently with the... Uh, Mac, you know PDS. Um, I don't think people in England probably know what that is. Um, probably not. The that's a it's a big public TV station. I work with the Tampa affiliate because my school offers a program um, that's like kind of like a class and you do work experience. Um, and I'm trying to set up a um, a profile with Jaya or Cigar City Brewing. So. I reached out to the marketing manager and I just want to get something back people. And if I do shoot, man, yeah, then I'm going to plug that, but I'm not going to say anything yet. Cause it's all in the works, but thank you for yeah. reminding me. Thank you. Yeah. If you, if you have the opportunity ship us all a case, because I would, I would love to try this nectar of the gods. Oh, frankly, it's coming. I'm going to ask all of you guys, your freaking. I don't know how to ship beer though. Maybe I could ask you guys all like your birthdays and stuff and send you each a six pack <laughs> and you, you've got to try to finish it on me. That that beer is heavier than a 10 pound weight. And I'll tell you that much. 
Um, well, well, listen, based off of our last drunk cast, we both know that heavy beer <laughs> is a mutual <laughs> enjoyment of ours. So, uh, well, what a time. As Alfie would say, we need a song. Yeah, what, what are you thinking? I mean... I think, you know, we've talked a lot of shit this podcast, so I think we need to find something yeah. in that same vein. Something calling Tottenham crap, basically. So maybe like a like a rough like a rough rap song, you know? Hmm. Interesting. So that it's not it's not my musical specialty, frankly. This is why I wish we had Alf. Uh, yeah. <laughs> rap, I think, is my second least listened to genre oh, likely behind country. Actually, here, here we go. This one's kind of oh, funny. And I like this song. Me. So let's do let's do Sliden by 21 Savage. And that okay. is because Tottenham are sliding down the table, ladies and gentlemen. And because Alba had one of the best knee slides, the, the three-line oh. knee slide yeah, you'll ever see. And um, <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone also remembers the Alexandra Lacazette goal where he did the knee slide in the Europa League and it hit the end line perfectly. Ah, yes. Like the perfect line. Sokka did the same thing and nobody noticed, but he hit it perfectly. Oh, on his God. on his knee slide goal. So um, hey, there's another marketing opportunity. Go watch the fucking highlights from the game if you haven't seen them already. Find a full replay somewhere pirated. Watch if the you, game. It's pretty if, great. If you haven't watched the highlights, you're honestly not an Arsenal fan, to be honest. I've watched them like 30 times now. Um, that's I think that's all we've got, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to episode 103, Siento y Tres, and we will see you uh, in the middle of this week at some point as the Extra Cannon Podcast boys talk about our upcoming match to Brighton, where Alfie is currently on loan. So that'll be interesting. Will Alfie celebrate if we score? Or will he do a no celebration? No, he'll definitely celebrate. Probably do a backflip and flip off the fans. Or <laughs> or or he'll drop a, a cringy Ronaldo celebration, get it sent sent to the pod, and we'll upload it on YouTube. Oh, what bonus marketing opportunity of a lifetime. The Villa fans mocking Ronaldo's. Oh, it was amazing. That was freaking hilarious. And Arsenal fans better do that same thing if we beat United. Yeah, 100%. All right, guys. We've, we've gone for long enough. So we will see you next time. Bye. Got me styling, said he 
Jaw was robbing. Everybody running that car. You ain't gonna make it that far. Walk down with an AR. Straight up. We keep shit in the street. They gon' put it in the bar. Y'all niggas talking on pillows. All my glocks got ditto. Take your bank like CeeLo. Draco bite mosquito. Y'all niggas corny free though. Caltech, how to shoot Cheetos. Y'all be talking that rah rah. You ain't finna rah rah me though. He went against me, he gon' step on the mic with my feet on. I just made an op. Do the running man. Keep an F in in my color now. Looking for the ops, they been hiding. I grew up around drug assessing violence. We turned off that street, we heard sirens. Since a juvenile, I've been wildin'. Chrome hard jeans got me stylin'. Said he wanted smoke, now he joggin'. Why you was in college, I was robbing. When your vision is crystal clear, they say it's razor sharp. A focused mind is said to be like a knife, but the scaffold is wisdom. All one can do is accept that life is a double-edged sword. Stay on the edge. <laughs>